بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إمام المحاسبي continues with his advices he says واستعد الصبر لكل موطن والزم الخلوة بالذكر واصحب النعمة بالشكر three extremely uh, important pertinent advice actually prepare patience for every prepare patience for every place every instance every session every new state of yours anything new that you will do always have patience ready so it's almost like saying, make sure that you, you're carrying a bottle of patience around. Because you don't know when you might need it. You know, sometimes you go to a hot place and they said, make sure you're carrying your water with you because you don't want to get dehydrated and you may not be able to find water when you're around. So likewise, the dunya is full of patience. Nearly everything that we do has to do with patience. There's some amount of perseverance. And when I say patience, we mean by that um, we, what we mean by that is we mean patience in the normal sense, we mean perseverance, we mean abstinence, we mean controlling ourselves. That's all part of patience, that's all part of sabr. So make sure that you prepare your patience for every place. And you know, you may come into this place in winter sometimes and you're going to need your patience because uh, as you saw in winter sometimes our heater took a while to come on. So you need a bit of patience. If you didn't have patience, you'd just run out. So you obviously have patience. But it's talking about such patience that you do it so smoothly that you don't even feel the pain. Like your patient kicks in immediately. Not that you start feeling the pain and then you put your, you eventually get your AC on. But it's so smooth that as the, diffic- as, as the temperature rises, the AC just kicks in. The temperature is always climate controlled. Patience needs to be like that. And those people will survive the best in this world because they'll have the perseverance. To even do good deeds, you need perseverance. I mean, this is a Friday evening. And the reason why the roads are busy is because people are going, visiting, and to all sorts of other places. There's so much more that you can do on a Friday than sit here and listen to these words of Hadith al-Muhasabi taken from the Quran and Sunnah. I mean, there's a lot of competition out there, isn't there? So to be able to persevere, I mean, you're not, you're not, nobody's giving you anything for coming here. I mean, there's nothing on offer here. You know, there's no gifts being provided here. This is just the words of Allah and His Messenger. And uh, obviously, in order to take that, you need a level of perseverance. If we can build up that perseverance, then even when it gets difficult, and the perseverance, the sabr kicks in, it just makes life easy. That's why he says, just make sure you prepare your patience for every occasion. I think that's a really wonderful statement. Never seen it stated this way. Prepare patience, carry patience with you for every, uh, for every eventuality. And then he says, وَالْزَمِلْ خَلْوَةَ بِذِكْرِ That when you do your dhikr, then be alone when you do your dhikr. Adopt solitude in your dhikr, because that's the best form of dhikr. Um, it makes it easy when you're doing dhikr among other people because humans, we get encouraged by one another. And when you do something as a group effort, then it's just a bit easier to do. I don't know about you guys, but if I have to miss my jama'ah in the masjid and have to pray alone, 
and I don't even have anybody at home to pray with, like none of my children are here, or, you know, I can't pray with anybody, then praying alone just feels really weird. It's more difficult, in fact. It's just much better with a group of people. And you obviously get more reward for that anyway, because the whole purpose of five daily prayers to be prayed with jama'ah is that you remain social beings. That's another thing, that you pray with others, that you do worship collectively. So that if, you, if our own worship is a bit weak, because maybe the state of our heart, the state of our nafs, the state of our self, but there's somebody else righteous in that group and the mercy is all coming down to them, then that mercy will inshallah overflow to us as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala many times He blesses people because of others. That's why the Prophet ﷺ had a couple, uh, these two people come to him. One of them complained about the other that he's always, you know, he stays here and I have to go and work. Two partners. So the Prophet ﷺ said that maybe you are being sustained and provided, you know, your, your, your earning that you're, you're getting is because of him. Then in other places it says that you're being sustained because of the children among you, because of the weak among you, because of the animals among you. There's somebody who's going to be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that's the benefit. But when you do dhikr alone, there's a lot more sincerity in that. Not salat, but regular other dhikr and remembrance of Allah. And one of the seven people in the shade on Day of Judgment is the person who remembers Allah when they're alone, and then their eyes begin to flow, and that shows that they're really in emotion. It's not to show somebody else because there's nobody to look. There's only Allah to see them. Because that generally tends to be the furthest from any kind of ostentation or showing off. And then in front of Allah, that's the one that's probably going to be most accepted because you're doing nothing else at that time. Then he says, bishukri." So while, you, while we should be carrying patience around all the time because we're going to need it, now, he says, make sure that you accompany your bounties with thankfulness. So wh- whenever you have a bounty, you should do shukr for it. But you know what the trick is in here? Do you know what the subtlety is in here? It's almost like always prepare your patience for every occasion. But then he says, make sure you accompany your shukr, uh, sorry, your bounties with shukr. How often do you think that should happen? Do you think you need to do sabr more? Do you think you need to do shukr more? Do you, which one is demanded more? The causes of which one come about more? Shukr, right? Yeah, probably. Because you, we always have bounties. We don't always have calamities. We don't always have struggles. But we always have a bounty. If that bounty is just subhanAllah, just being in the world and being alive and mashallah healthy maybe, you know? It's all a bounty. But all of your bounties, all the ni'am, all the ni'mah, make sure you accompany them with shukr. I don't think we should even read any more than this. I mean, that's enough to just ponder over, to be honest. Th- that, that could keep us going for the rest of our life, pretty much. Accompany your bounties with the shukr of Allah. Thankfulness to Him. Let us think, just for a moment, how many... Just, just think of the first bounty that you can think of. It's just, I mean, you can't even just think of one. There's so many. There's just so many things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And then when you start comparing yourself with other people, especially people who are suffering, then it becomes even clearer. 
And that's one of the best ways to figure out our bounties, to actually see others who don't have it. Then we actually see what we have. Because if we're going to look at others who we reckon have a greater bounty, that actually might not be a bounty, but then that blinds us from our bounties that we have, because then we start being ungrateful. وَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ أَمْرِ Seek assistance with Allah in every matter. Whatever happens, you need to seek assistance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever we need, even if it's the most mundane thing, seek assistance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seek assistance. We, we declare that several times a day, maybe 20, 30 times a day. We said, Only you do we worship and only you do we seek assistance from. Only you do we seek assistance from. And, وَاسْتَخِرِ اللَّهَ فِي كُلِّ حَالِ and seek, uh, uh, seek, seek khair, seek goodness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every state. Or ask Allah to choose for you in every state. You can translate that both ways. Ask Allah to choose for you, ask Allah for the goodness and khair. Ask Allah for excellence in every state. Don't ask Him for difficulty, ask Him for goodness. Ask Him for the best decision for us. And وَمَا أَرَادَكَ اللَّهُ لَهُ فَتْرُكِ الْإِعْتِرَادَ فِيهِ Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has intended you for, um, then make sure you abandon criticizing Him. So sometimes we may get into some kind of situation which we don't realize and we don't understand the wisdom behind it. And we feel a bit let down maybe or we might feel that... Um, it's difficult. We don't want to be in that state. The world never goes according to our plans. I mean, there's always something. I mean, eventually it goes according to plan, inshallah. But uh, there's always hiccups. There's always difficulties. So he's just saying that whatever Allah has intended for you, you need to, one thing you need to completely abandon doing is to not ever complain about what, how he's made us. You can ask Allah to relieve us. You can ask Allah for a different state. But you can't say, why did you make me do that? Because there's always going to be some reason behind why something happens. وَكُلُّ عَمَلٍ تُحِبُّ أَن تَلْقَ اللَّهَ بِهِ فَأَلْزِمْهُ نَفْسَكَ Every action that you would love to meet Allah with, meaning, what does it mean by to meet Allah with? It could mean a number of things. It could mean the final actions that we do. The final actions that we want to die with because we expect that that's when we're going to meet with Allah in terms of being face to face in the hereafter. And it could also mean a book of deeds. Because when we're there, then there's going to be a book of deeds which is going to be our, our record. That this is, and, and we can't f- throw it away. We're not going to take it with us. It's just, it's going to be given to us. And it's, it's going to stick to us. It's going to be with us. There's no way that you can get rid of that book of deeds. So, everything that we want to meet Allah with, then make sure we have it. So it's almost like, you know, when, you, when we want to go to visit somebody, then we want to make sure that we have a certain type of clothing on. We want to go with certain gifts. We want to go with certain presentations. We want to go... We do ourselves up. Some people go get their hair done. Some people go get their makeup done. Some people go, they get, you know, whatever it is. 
that they have to do. So what, however we want to meet Allah, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, then Allahu Akbar, then we want to make sure that we want to have that. So he's saying that فَأَلْزِمْهُ نَفْسَكَ Impose that on yourself from now. Because we may end up dying before, we, uh, before our ambitions come to any kind of fruition. We may want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a certain way, but we haven't even started that way. We're waiting to retire. I just got a call from somebody recently. Uh, the husband is from one community, one ethnic background, and the wife's from another ethnic background. He wants to go for hajj. He's only about 30-something. He wants to go for hajj. His wife, family, who's from another, they have children. So they just can't understand what the rush is. Why are you rushing? But he says, I've had hajj wajib and necessary fard on me for the last four years. I've already delayed for this many years. This year it's in holidays. I need to go. You know, next year is going to be difficult. And his wife's saying, why? You're, you're, his whole, her family is saying like, you know, it's not time yet. You know, you can retire and do it. As though it's, it's kind of something you do to gain, you know, your last haji title. Right? So you become now haji sub finally or something like that. So it's just in some cultures, Hajj is seen not as a pillar of Islam in the sense that you must go and do it as soon as possible that, and it becomes obligatory on you. But it's just uh, something you do eventually when you retire. But the thing is that somebody may not ever retire. They may actually die short of that. So what he's saying essentially is that everything you'd love to meet Allah with, just impose it on yourself from now. Make yourself like that right now. And, and to be honest, uh, there, there's, a, there's a TED talk I saw once of this woman who says that um, she has started changing the way she behaves, like making a very conscious, concerted effort uh, in terms of her behavior, right? And I think it's really important. I mean, I feel that for myself sometimes. Because she said that she saw her father and mother, I think both parents, that they became senile, they became, I think, dementia or something, or... I don't know, some disease. You know, one of these old people's diseases where they can't really control themselves. So whatever bad behavior you have before, maybe if you're, you know, whatever it may be, that just becomes augmented, that becomes magnified in that time because you have less control of yourself. So is that how we want to retire? And that's talking about just retiring. That's just, not, not even retiring, that's just talking about getting old. Allah protect us. There's a dua, Allahumma ni'audhu bika min al-haram. Allah save us, Allah, we ask Allah's refuge from evil old age, from si, uh, senility, senility, that a person becomes senile, or that we, become, we return back to evil old age. We don't want that anyway, but we want to prepare ourselves to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best of ways. These are, these are really big things, we ask Allah to make them easy for us, because these aren't things you're going to do overnight. They sound wonderful when you hear them, right? It sounds like so much wisdom, subhanAllah. But if only they can actually become part of our life, we ask Allah for that. We ask Allah for the barakah, inshallah, we're sitting here and the dhikr that inshallah takes place. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, allow us to inculcate that with us and help us and assist us in this regard because if we try ourselves, we can't. We just read la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah several times, which means there is no power to do anything good or any uh, type of restraint from evil except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, that, that's what ulama say is that if you sometimes, you know, we try to use a lot of strategies to avoid certain type of sins. And alhamdulillah, that's understandable. 
or we try to use some strategies to inculcate some good things in our life, that's also understandable. But what we miss out is the dua part of it. You have to give up because using a strategy is other than Allah. It's really weird, it's really strange. We're doing something wrong and we want to abstain from it and we want to find a strategy to abstain from it. That's fine, it's, it sounds like a good thing. What Allah really wants is He wants us to ask Him. Use the strategy, but don't put all of your eggs in that basket. And don't think that's it, because at the end of the day, a strategy is not Allah. Allah is, He can help us without any strategy. So it doesn't mean don't use a strategy, but don't, cons- don't think that it's just the strategy that's going to help you. Because that strategy is nothing without the tawfiq of Allah. Don't get me wrong in this. It's like I'm not saying don't use strategy, but don't make the strategy the end all, the be all and end all of everything. That strategy is only useful with the tawfiq of Allah. So with strategy, we need to like literally say to Allah, "Look, I'm. I, you need to help me because nobody else can help me." وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ تَكْرَهُ لِغَيْرِكَ فَأَتَزِلْهُ مِنْ أَخْلَاقِكَ. Every matter that you dislike on somebody else, every matter. Every issue, every trait, every characteristic that you dislike in somebody else, then avoid it yourself from your own character. That's the simplest way to do it. Avoid it in your own character. I mean, there are numerous examples. You don't like somebody when they, they sit, they, they're always putting their finger in their mouth, they're biting on their nails, so don't do it yourself. And then other more subtle things as well that you notice about others. There's a lot we can learn for ourselves from others. So avoid it in your own akhlaq. Wow. Every friend, companion, associate, through whom you do not increase in goodness every day, then throw his companionship to the wayside. You got friends, you got associates, you got a group of people that you hang around with. If you can't be if you can't be getting better, if you can't be developing and reforming and benefiting from that, then leave them. They're a waste of time. You can find it's not saying don't have friends, it's saying find better friends. Find somebody. That's why every time I travel to a new place, you know, when going somewhere, whether that be Umrah, whether that be wherever, Egypt anywhere, the one of the du'as that you make, uh, which is actually from the from the hadith from the Prophet is Allahumma habibna ila ahliha. And وَحَبِّبْ صَالِحِي أَهْلِهَا إِلَيْنَا Oh Allah, make us beloved to the local people here. So at least you won't be thrown out. At least they won't oppose you. And inshallah, they'll give you a good welcome. And you know, that Allah will place your love and affection in their hearts. I mean, you can't go wrong with that dua, to be honest. right? So it doesn't matter if you're beloved to them. But وَحَبِّبْ صَالِحِي أَهْلِهَا إِلَيْنَا but only make beloved the righteous of them to us. Because I mean, you know, when you go to different places, you could end up, I mean, there's lots of people there. You don't want to fall with the wrong crowd. So you want Allah to help us, 
um, only be attracted towards the good people. So that's from the hadith, right? That's from sunnah. Then the dua I generally like to make is, Oh Allah, in this trip, make me benefit from some person that is close to you, from an waliullah. Especially if you go for umrah or something like that, you know, you want to benefit from good company. Because whenever you travel, you need company. You need, you know, you're going to find somebody to assist you, help you, be your companion, whatever. So it's always make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is very helpful when you make dua to Him. And literally, this is a dua that you can make. I mean, you can make dua for every state. As He said, make dua. Every associate that you do not, do not increase in goodness with every day, every day you must have some benefit from that friend. Otherwise, just forget his friendship. What are we going to do, man? You may want to leave them, they may not want to leave you because they think you're benefiting from you. But then that means you, that, that, that should be fine because then you're, you're getting a benefit from them as well if that's the case. But if not, then we need to really think about this because that may be what's keeping us behind. Because sometimes, you know, we have friends, you have people that you go out with and they basically the ones who keep you back because they want to do something on certain nights. No, no, let's go and do this. On Monday night, it has to be football. Football's not bad. Um, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, it has to be we have to go out to eat. On Friday as well, we have to go out to eat. Or Saturday, we have to do this. Sunday, we have to do this. You really don't want to do it, but you're obliged to do it sometimes. So these kind of very demanding friends can be nice but challenging and then maybe detrimental. So have lighter friends where you don't have to do what you don't like. That's important. Friendship has to be reciprocal. It has to be on both sides. It has to benefit one another. When somebody's in need, of course, you have to go out of your way. وَخُذْ بِحَظِّكَ مِنَ الْعَفْوِ وَالتَّجَاوِزِ وَخُذْ بِحَظِّكَ مِنَ الْعَفْوِ وَالتَّجَاوِزِ That means make sure you make sure you take up your share of pardon and forgiveness and overlooking. Because there's going to be people who will act a bit weird in front of you. There's going to be people who will make mistakes. There will be people who may insult you, who may do something, criticize you, who may do something or the other. Make sure that in your wallet, just like you have a bit of sabr, and you have lots of sabr, that's probably should be the main, uh, you know, in your toolbox or whatever you carry with you, handbag, you know, wallet, whatever, whatever it is that you have with you. Just make sure that you also have with you wakhud bihadhik. Your share, take your share uh, of afu and tajawuz, of uh, forgiveness and pardon. Because if you don't, you're going to be just insulted all the time. If you don't have that openness of heart to forgive people, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult because you're going to be upset a lot of the time. We we just read about uh, what was his name? Shofen Shofen Shofen? What's his name? He, um, one one of the philosophers, his whole worldly his whole worldly worldview was based on a negative, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, just the whole negative idea, right? While Ghazali 
and one of the other philosophers he said that this world is the best that could have been created in the form that it is that's the best possible this is one of the best possible worlds that could have been created in the way it is this particular one he said this is the worst place and it's all miserable and there's no end to it and his whole idea was that it's on that's his world view and he's a very influential f- philosopher as well just forget his name i just read about him we just spoke about him uh, on monday so the whole world view is made of that and if that your world view is made of that that's what your world view is then you've just basically accepted that you're going to be miserable all your life that's not how allah wants us to be he doesn't want us to be miserable when he said that the believer, that this world is a prison for a believer, it doesn't mean that you need to be miserable. It just means that you're going to have restrictions. So just understand that you can't do what you want. But there's a lot of stuff that you can do. And the more you start enjoying the good stuff, the more you start getting into the good stuff like salat and praying, that actually becomes more enjoyable. But when you're not in there, and we're in haram activities, then we think, what a boring life that's going to be. Like, I can't do this anymore, I can't have girlfriends anymore, I can't drink anymore, I can't go out anymore. And you're going to think, man, how can I, how can these guys, what's wrong with these guys, man? What kind of world do these guys live in? Don't they get any enjoyment? Look at them. They're always in the mosque. Like, what kind of enjoyment is that? It just depends on where you are and what you think. Now, you know as much as I do that that's not true. Enjoyment is a very individual experience. Some people are completely happy and satisfied in a, in a tent in the middle of the desert. I've seen students like that in Mauritania. They're completely fine. That's what they've chosen to do. There's people who've ran away from cities to do that. In fact, there's a guy who called me recently that I know very well. He's got a, I think he's got a 13-year-old son. And he can go anywhere to study. And he's intelligent, he could do very well at a top university. He goes, no, I don't want that. I want to go to study in Mauritania. I want to go to Raiwan to study. Now, my, a friend of mine that studied in Raiwan said that they had to go and work in the fields. I've never seen that in any madrasa, but in Raiwan mothers, they would actually go and make you work in the fields. He was from America. He was actually in America. He, he, his mother died, so he was in America. He got into the American army, went to Iraq and other places, I think. And then after that, the Tablighi Jamaat, mashallah, helped, uh, helped him, caught him, whatever you want to call it, Right? You know the right and mashallah. Then they went to he went to Raiwan and he is from California. He went and stayed in Raiwan for nine years. He didn't even come back home. He stayed there for nine years, and that's tough. And it's not Darulum Karachi, which has got really good facilities. Because I've seen Darulum Karachi, I haven't seen Raiwan. But Raiwan, he told me we had to go and work in the fields in that heat. He was there for nine years. Now, mashallah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed him. Right, he's doing some really he's doing some really good work. So, you know, he's seen, both, he, he's seen both. He's seen both sides of the story, but this is what he's chosen. There's a reason he's chosen it, because Allah can give that satisfaction to anybody. So this kid I'm talking about, this 13-year-old kid, his father's telling me, like, what should I do? He wants to go to study in Mauritania. He goes, I don't want to go to all these, I want to go where there's nothing. I don't want to phone nothing. How many kids do you get like that? And you know, it's another topic. I don't want to start this topic right now, but um, in the future, I do want to speak about this in more detail through a more research-based uh, 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 talk on um, the science and the psychology that's going behind uh, all these social media platforms and children's games right now. 
There's a whole psychology behind it that's worth billions that is being used there. And, and they're talking about it right now. There's more of a discussion. It's coming up. And there's very few people who actually can see beyond that and say, no, they don't want that. Very few people. Majority of us are stuck in this. We can't divorce it. We can't get rid of it. Even though we, we read the research, we can't even get rid of it. It's so important we justify it. But you've got this 13-year-old kid. He lives in London. He lives very close to here. And he's saying he, wa- he doesn't want anything to do with it. He wants to go and just study in those, one of those kind of places. You know, he could be sent to any money. He's got, his father's got the money, I'm sure. You can send him anywhere. But that's where he, wanna, he wants to go. Subhanallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist us and help us. We ask Allah to give us insight. We ask Allah to guide us. Because without you, Ya Allah, we are, we are nothing. وآخر الدعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث سبحان الله العلي الأعلى الوهاب جزى الله عنا محمد ما هو أهله والله we ask you for your grace we ask you for your mercy we ask you for your pardon we ask you for your compassion O oh Allah, we ask you for your mercy. We ask you for your forgiveness. O oh Allah, forgive us our sins. Forgive our excesses. Forgive our shortcomings. Forgive our wrongdoings. O oh Allah, forgive our lapses. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, forgive all the time that we have turned away from you. That we have turned to things that have attracted us of this world. O oh Allah, we ask that you keep us focused on you. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us all the good things that you've given to your righteous servants and that you make us among your righteous servants. O oh Allah, make us among your righteous servants. Make us of those who on the day of judgment you will love to meet and we will love to meet you. O oh Allah, allow us to meet you on the day of judgment with only those things that will not cause us embarrassment. O Allah, we ask you for forgiveness for all of those things that will embarrass us in front of others and in front of you. O Allah, allow us to be rectified before we die. Allow us to get a control on ourself and our nafs before before the nafs overcomes us. O Allah, we ask that you make us of those who love you. O Allah, grant us your love and the love of those who love you. Grant us good companions, good friends, good colleagues. O oh Allah, a good work environment, a good home environment. O oh Allah, grant us righteous spouses. O oh Allah, make us, grant us righteous children, a righteous progeny until the day of judgment. O oh Allah, all of those who are here, all of those who are listening. O oh Allah, bless them and do not allow any of us to return home today without being forgiven, without having taken a full share of your mercy today. O oh Allah, we ask that you accept our du'as, you accept our sitting here, you accept the small amount of remembrance and the small amount of dhikr that we have done, and you allow the words and whatever we have discussed, O oh Allah, you allow us, allow us to make that part of our life and to follow it. They seem wise words that seem to be easy, but we know how, and you know how difficult they are for us. But nothing is difficult when you make it easy. O oh Allah, facilitate all of this for us. You're the facilitator. You're the bestower. O oh Allah, grant us of all of the good that you give to the righteous. 
and O Allah write us among them Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifoon Wa Salamun Alal Mursaleen Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen